Uh, let's just bow our heads in prayers. I Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for this honor to stand before your saints uh, on such an occasion. Thank you, Father, for this work. Thank you for the mercy you have granted us all to assess the labors of your servants in the house. Thank you, Father, for how indeed the greatest prophecy of all times is being fulfilled in our very eyes of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth. Thank you for coming to take back our earth. Thank you, Father, for the church will not recover from what you are doing in our midst in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. I ask for help, even the help of your spirit. I trust you. I count on your faithfulness, on your ability to help me to bring a word in this season in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 I hope you are as excited as I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the fullness of Christ. Uh, what, what a team to have at such a point in time as this. Uh, by God's grace, it's in sync with many of the convention teams, many of the conference teams. They all border on ministrations of the most holy because that's where the, the church right now, um, the speakings right now, every team that we have had in the last couple of years are according to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And it says, he that hath and hear, let him hear. In other words, uh, right now in the calendar of the Spirit, the Lord expects this, uh, an average believer to have, jo- to have journeyed to a place where they can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Remember in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, it says, it says if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. To hear his voice, you must actually have that experience. Um, you must have gone through the bad process that that provision in Christ, the commandments in Christ, faith, hope, and charity, you know, rots in the soul. That's what will bring a soul to that season when he can take what we have um, had and uh, been instructed, been taught, you know, has to do with the incorruptible seed. And of course, uh, that's, that's what will raise fathers. That's what will raise young men. Amen. And of course, we know it will take a young man like that, it will take those, those who have that fatherly nature to be able to hear what the son is saying to the churches. To hear what, what um, um, like it says in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past through the prophets. To, to what? Spoke, 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 huh? spoke to the fathers. So meaning the, the warfare all this while has been to raise those who can hear the speakings of the son. And actually they must have that nature of a father. And like I said earlier, that's what the whole journey of faith, hope, charity, which has seen us come to this season when the Lord is speaking of the incorruptible seed that will raise fathers that can have dealings with the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, what came to me while I was just um, weighing what the Lord is trying to say through this conference is that um, the Lord is giving every one of us the opportunity to addressed that unfinished business that uh, should have taken place in Eden. And that's why all the ministrations we are hearing is to bring us into a place in the spirit. Of course, we know it's called Zion. 
is to bring us to Zion. Zion is, is actually an Edenic expression because that's where God comes to speak to those who have been raised from that estate of flesh. Those who have some properties of Christ. Those who have that constitution of a stone. Those that, like the way Pastor Mika once put it, he talked about how uh, when he was ministering from First Peter chapter 2, referring to lively stones as those whom the Lord at some seasons will come, you know, to Zion. And when he finds such lively stones, he picks them. Those are those who have appreciated, who have profited with faith fully, who have prospered with faith, whose souls have prospered with faith. You know, like Daddy puts it, who have you know, moved from that you know, aspect of you know, the foundation of Christ, Christ, you know, to Christ being a tried stone and to Christ being a precious stone. You know, it's out of that preciousness. There's a, free, there's a, there's a, uh, a threshold of even that preciousness that a soul will get to that God can no more resist the beauty. Amen. Somewhere in um, Psalm 50, if you can open that, I think verse 3, open that, let's just read that. Made rest to out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. It is in Zion, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God had shined. He's talking about the rapport that God will have with stones, with Christ. So the contention from Eden has been the batting of Christ. Amen. Um, meaning, uh, Adam was called the first Adam. Our Lord Jesus was called the, the last Adam. And, and that was because firstly, he was able to attain unto his Christ, Christhood. He was able to, in the words of our, uh, our father, uh, God's servant, Reverend Carrick, okay, you know, in the morning session, he was making reference to how Christ was the first man, Jesus was the first man to break into the world of God. That's the world God has been waiting to adopt every one of us. To adopt us into that world. It's a world that God will now begin to touch base with us, to relate with us, to perfect us. To bring another, the fullness of perfection to us. Hallelujah. So we always see how Satan reacts when stones are about to be raised. Whenever the word of Christ is coming to a believer, there is a reaction from the gates of hell. Amen. We saw that in Matthew chapter 13 and I think Luke chapter 8. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But but make made reference to the sower. I said talked about how the sower, you know, uh, sowed. Let's see that. Let's see from verse uh, okay, from verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it. So you can see, you don't find this response in the Old Testament because the seed that will raise Christ was not available. The first time this kind of seed was available on earth was in Eden. This seed was warehoused in those commandments that God gave to Adam. Meaning those seeds, those war, that word, that commandment that God gave to Adam was meant to bat Christ in Adam. I won't forget that day when God said, Pastor Mika made the to it that, you know, what, you know, what actually the first estate that Adam fell short of was that Christos, that Christ, after the order of the new creation. He was a type of Christ. 
Amen. But it was meant to, by keeping that commandment, you know, um, attain unto the estate. He was meant to um, find his way into the world of God, the world of Christ. Amen. I love the way God's servant also in the morning session. Please, we're encouraged to listen to it over and over again. It will help us to fortify us for the days ahead. You know, when it was making reference to, you know, the two, that even in the angelic, you have that, those provisions of Christ and God, you know. Uh, and what I could pick from that was what, what, actual, what um, uh, Satan could not actually, con- uh, what the temptation Satan brought to Adam in Eden was even a corrupted version of his Christos that was seen. That was the world. He didn't tempt Adam like he, like he tempted Jesus in the last three and a half years because Adam had not yet attained on to that Christ stature. Are we in the house, please? So what he fell short of was actually the commandment of charity. Because the end of the commandment of faith was charity. So in that commandment, was, you know, um, was where the precepts of charity, when he said, for example, charity seeketh not a home, he fell short of that. If he was seeking something that was in the interest of Eve, which was like his, like for us, our brethren, he would, he would have, he would, he would, he would have exposed her. He sought something that was, he was self-seeking there. The Bible also says, in that, in that first Corinthians chapter, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, um, charity thinketh no evil. So one of the things he fell short of was to think evil or was to conceive a thought. His, his shortcoming was not even in action. It was he erred in thought. And that's also, the new, that's also the standard of the New Testament. If you read Matthew chapter 5, it talks about how when you lost at a woman, you know, just lost, just the, act, just the action. So he only sealed the action. He only sealed that thought with an action. But in the spirit, he had erred. They had, he had fouled in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what he fell short of was that commandment of charity. Was the commandment that was meant to have birthed Christ in him. And of course we know that even after Christ has been, would, would have been born or formed. And the cause of keeping that commandment. There, there, was, there, there will still be a battle. Like our Lord Jesus had to go through after he became Christ. To become a son of God. I like the way Daddy puts it over time, the teachings, you know, um, faith, hope, charity. Those are what I call the trimester in Christ. Those are how we are going to carry that seed of the sower, which also is the word of righteousness. It's the word of the righteousness of faith that will bat the new man. If you look at Romans chapter 10, let's quickly open to it. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are we there? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10 verse 1, please. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So that sal- what is that saved? Is to is a salvation that the word of Christ will first bat. The first the first world they want to bat a soul into is that world called Christ. When that happens, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 is fulfilled. A. 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 is fulfilled. He that believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Such a soul will see not like we saw our Lord Jesus in, in Jordan. In all those temptations, he sinned not. 
because those temptations were originating from the world. Hallelujah. Meaning he had come into the love of the Father, which is one of the things that even the incorruptible seed will consolidate in us. Hallelujah. So, so Adam, Adam sinned unlike our Lord Jesus at Jordan because he wasn't yet born of God. Meaning the provisions for, that would have caused him to be born of God was, 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 was pregnant in that word, in, those, in that commandment. Hallelujah. Let's see that Romans chapter 10. Let's see the next verse. Okay. And I bear them record that they, might, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Mm-hmm. Not according to a knowledge that springs from truth. Okay, and what aspect of truth? Firstly, the word of faith. That's the first allocation of truth that Pauline Light was conversing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 3. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness. You cannot see Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Just leave it here, please. You can see, you can see how how to attain this righteousness of God or God's righteousness is from faith to faith because that's what we bat Christ Christ is that man that has been delivered from the world of yes from the world that has that 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 has profited with the victory called our faith hallelujah so being ignorant of God's righteousness that's the righteousness that will bat Christ and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Let's see the next verse. Let's see the verse 3. Okay. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every man that believeth. Meaning if you believe the law, even that law, that's why those who fell short of the proclamations on John the Baptist, they were all liars. Because the law had prepared them for the waters that John was now carrying to prepare the way of the Lord all the law was prof- was pointing towards Christ hallelujah praise the Lord hallelujah and then down and down in, you know you know talked about the, the word of Christ which is what will bat that righteousness which is what will bring a soul to a place where it says there it says it says um, let's see verse um, five let's, let's let's just go on Let's see verse 5. Let's just keep reading on. For Moses, let's see verse 6, please. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, Mm -hmm. or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. So this is the word of faith or the word of the righteousness of faith that will bat a nature. This, this is, this is I, I use the word the righteousness of faith because that is, that is the goal of the word of righteousness. Is to enable us to fulfill that, that righteousness of faith from faith to faith or to, from faith to from one lesson of faith to another lesson of faith, or from faith unto charity. Hallelujah. That those are all the lessons of faith that will now bring a soul to that place where he can, he has, he has, you know, he has, he has gone through those trimester in Christ. 
he has he has he has experienced that birth process that will firstly see a little child being born. The word of Christ, one of the job job description of the word of Christ is to bat us into the world, into the kingdom of Christ. Firstly, as little children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see the next verse. Let's see verse 9. It says, And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that he has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we know what Pauline Epistles was conversing as salvation. It's a salvation of what John later called the the what what the old commandment will do. Let's see First John chapter two. So so those little children in First John chapter two they had profited with what John was calling the old commandment, which was Pauline light, which were which was that gospel of Christ, which is an empowerment that will bat a soul into the world of Christ. Hallelujah. My little children, these things are right unto you that ye sin not. Hallelujah. Let's see the next two verses where he talked about uh, an old commandment. No, that's verse 4 or 5. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you but an old commandment. Hallelujah. So meaning they were meant to Pauline light, which was now an old commandment, meaning they've lived by it. It has brought them into the kingdom of Christ as little children. Which ye have heard from the beginning. That's when they began to hear the word of faith. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Verse 8. Verse 8, please. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which things is true in him and in you. So meaning the old commandment had become a reality in them. They've brought the life of the old commandment to their flesh and that has brought them into the kingdom of Christ as little children. He said, because the darkness is past. That's one of the job descriptions of, of Pauline light. To expire a darkness that comes from, from the rulers of the darkness of this world. Daddy did a lot of justice to that in this morning's um, um, you know, ministration. Hallelujah. So meaning, meaning by profiting with Pauline light, when you use the word of faith to a place, such a soul will be able to it says in that Romans chapter 10, it talks about how you know um, a soul will be able to um, uh, make confessions of righteousness unto salvation. So that righteousness is that terrain, is that terrain that the old commandment, Pauline light, as as but as as ushered them into. Hallelujah. Let's see that first John chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 8 again. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past. Hallelujah. And the true light, it was on the basis of this, that the true light was not shining. So meaning the true light was a comfort that will see them, that will acquaint them with other mysteries. These are souls who have profited with the mystery of Christ, who will now, you know, need to profit with the mystery of the Father, who will now, you know, like they are, many of them are you know, born the, that, that seed of the word of faith to Tam, to maturity, they were now to also bear the incorruptible seed to Tam, you know, and thereby become fathers, or rather become firstly young men and ultimately fathers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it was on the basis of that, that the, and the true light could now shine. The true light was now the new commandment. Hallelujah. The new commandment is what will, 
what will help them firstly you know um you know who will bring them to that estate where they will see not like our lord jesus did hallelujah hallelujah and the true light now shineth this is the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus second Corinthians chapter four this is the light that shines on christ so there was a formation of christ in them but the issue of sinning not still needs to be addressed because what we saw in Eden, an unfinished business in Eden, you know, was, you know, they still had that tendency. He said, I write unto you little children that ye sin not. I'm saying this because early this year, it, it, it just came to me that one of the goals, one of the goals the Lord expects us to have in this season is to anticipate that season. And that season is upon us. The meals from that season is upon us. The meals that will see us sin not is upon us. It should be a goal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I talked about this. The, so the sins that they want, wanted to deal with in their life is still the sins that they want to deal with for as many as have been, has been brought into a season like we are in the spirit. Hallelujah. What is this sin? It's a sin of, I like the way Reverend puts it. Amen. When it was refined from First John, First Peter chapter 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 two, he was talking about the sins of priests. So meaning they were on course to be to like the Hebrew church acquire that full age. It would take full age to deal with what even makes a believer still, you know, still sin, or what still makes a believer not get to that junction where, like First John chapter five. Chapter verse 1 says, He that believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the unfinished business in Eden. And our Lord Jesus proved to you and I that is a possible feat. The apostles proved that it's a possible feat. That sin can sin is actually and is actually meant to be a, 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 a thing of the past. is history. Hallelujah. Let's see First Corinthians chapter 1 verse, let's see from verse 27. Let's see the, what, what, what we need to partake of to, to read the, 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 the program of redemption that will see us sin not, that will, that will make sin unnatural. Okay, from verse 27 it says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world, of the world, to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. Those things, they are conversations. When you, when you look at second, uh, the book of Second Peter chapter 1, it talks about if, you have, if these things be in you and abound. And those things, they were actually conversations. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, uh, uh, brotherly kindness, godliness, they are conversations. They are the conversations of the new man. They are the conversations that when they are in us and they are bound, they will make us to sin not. And they will give us entrance into the everlasting kingdom. Because by then, of course, we have come into the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. So those are conversations. To confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. So meaning those things that are foolish and that are weak, 
they are just foolish, foolish and look weak to the natural man. To the spiritual man, they are God's instrument. Remember in the previous verse, he talked about the wisdom of God. The, the, the foolishness of God being wiser than the wisdom of men. And the weakness of God being stronger than the strength of men. So he's talking about the conversations of Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see the next, the next verse, I think verse 28. He said, for see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, we saw men like Moses, men like Paul. They were, once, they were one of the few might, men after the flesh who were once flesh that God chose to use. But most people that God used are men who are like you and I. We don't have such pedigrees. We don't have such, such resume like Paul had. You know, we saw that in Philippians chapter 3. Amen. So see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty not many noble are called, verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Hallelujah. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. So those are things that the mystery of Christ will measure out. They are foolish to the natural man. Hallelujah. Let's see the next verse. And the best things of the world and the things which are despised. Those are things that the cross uses. Those are the things of the cross. That's the wisdom of the cross. That's the, that's the strength of the cross. That's why the princes of this world, they, did, they couldn't discern those conversations. Hallelujah. Had God chosen, you remember yesterday's ministration where God was talking about Christ being the chosen of God. Huh? Uh-huh. So, he's talking about how God, how God chooses Christ. Hallelujah. And many of us are in that season. Yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things which are. That's the wisdom of the cross. Let's see the next verse. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Let's see the next verse, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. He's talking about how a soul will believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, a soul that will believe that Jesus is in Christ will have to believe these things, these riches in Christ, these provisions in Christ that will see him be born of God. And that will open up that season where he will see not. Who of God is made unto us wisdom? Can you see how they bat, how they cause a soul to be born of God? How they bat Christ? And how God will choose, this is how the process, where they choose Christ where they choose Christ, you know, you know, um, the tried stone, you know, and the precious stone. How they bring, how they bat preciousness in 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 the soul, you know, that is in that season of Christ. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. So you see, our Lord Jesus at, at Jordan had experienced redemption. That's why he had that Christ formation, and that's why he sinned not. And that's the goal that heaven is setting before us. Hallelujah. The same way it was natural for us to sin. It's the same way by virtue of what the Lord is doing in our midst, it will be unnatural to sin. There, when you plot a, cl- a curve, you know, you see um, sometimes in marketing, it, you know, um, you have, you have a, a, a product that, you know, at some point in time peaks where it has the maximum sales, where it, it gets to a particular curve, you know, and, and begins to decline. It's in the same way, just by virtue of the feeding where we are pastures we are partaking of, sin has got into a place where it has peaked. 
it should have peaked. That's why we are hearing about things that border on fullness. They want to comfort Christ with, with fullness. Meaning, in this season, in the same way our Lord Jesus in those three and a half years was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Of course, we know that even the temptations in the last three years, and a half years was the temptations from the God of this world. It was a, it was a temptation of, from death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, in that first John chapter 5 verse 1, he that believed that Jesus is the Christ. This, these are the experiences of believing that Jesus is the Christ. Is born of God. So what Satan, one of the things Satan tempted our Lord Jesus with at Jordan was the corruptible. So if Jesus overcame that temptation, he overcame it, he overcame it because, because he had profited with the word that guarantees escape. He was being ushered into a season where he will partake of divine nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he said that believer that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Such a soul has a seal. Such a soul is, this is the soul that they were exposed to things that border on fullness. This is a, this is a Christ, this is a perfect Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, you know, to all come to the unity of the faith, and you know, to welcome to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and the measure that's the soul that will begin to measure things that will bring this, him to fullness. That's the soul that will bring things, they will begin to measure, measure out Son of God, things that will comfort the Son of God. And what are the things that will comfort the Son of God? They are mysteries. Of another order. There's a mystery of Christ, firstly, and the mystery of the Father that bats those young men that we saw in First John chapter two. That mystery, when that mystery has run its course, such a soul. Remember in that Corinthians, he used the word comfort. Such a soul, when, when our heart has been comforted, you know, with the doctrine of Christ, is he that had the doctrine of Christ, or he that has profited with the doctrine of Christ. Such a soul, he says, hurt the father and the son. They can expose the ultimate mysteries that will bring that soul to a place where he can love he that begat. Hallelujah. And that's the season where we are going to experience Christ in his fullness. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I said earlier, there is an unfinished business that God is giving every man under the economy of the New Testament. Our Lord Jesus was the first man they gave that experience and that's why he remains our, our model. The apostles followed suit. Some in the early church, by God's grace we saw saints in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, 
we saw how they journeyed to a place where John was writing to them and he says, you know, he says, he that hath and hear. Meaning, they had already been exposed to the incorruptible seed that will raise them to become fathers. Fathers who have and hear to hear what God the Father is saying. So, like for them, so it is for us in this season. The shortcomings that were that the Lord Jesus was addressing were shortcomings around works, around conversations. Conversations that should have become natural for them because of the light that has come their way. What light? The light I made reference to earlier in First John chapter chapter two. They talked about darkness is past. The true light now shines. That was the light of the most holy. That was the light that will, that will see their soul gradually become comforted with glory. Because that was what man, even in Eden, was panting for. Hallelujah. I sat, when I sat there, I was thinking, I said, I said, I said, Eve and Adam, of course, even when they hadn't committed sin, there was something like the song our dear sister and the uh, worship team were singing. There was a there was a longing for a rest. There was a longing, there was a longing for a satisfaction that, could only, that they could only come into by keeping faith with those commandments. And that is what the Lord is trying to satisfy in us in this season. So the Lord is bringing us back to that Edenic experience. They are bringing everybody back to Eden where by virtue of the word upon us, which for now in this season is the incorruptible seed, it will facilitate our escape from corruption, from the world and the lust of this world, and it will bring us to that season where we will be empowered like our Lord Jesus to sin not. And, and then the next feast, the next feat before such a soul is what First John chapter 5 verse 18. Let's see that. It said, we know that whosoever is born of God, sinneth not. This is, this is a believer who has profited with the redemption in Christ, who, who, who the Lord has now granted the opportunity like the Hebrew church were being granted, like we're also being granted to come into the economy of God after profiting with the economy of Christ. He says, but he that is begotten. So this, this is the ultimate bad process. This is the ultimate bad process that the word of God is communicating to souls who will come into the fullness of Christ. He says, such a one, keep it himself. Because like he carried the word of Christ to maturity, to term. Such a one has or would also carry the word of God to term. And by virtue of, is, is the word he has kept that will keep him. Just like Adam could have, like our Lord Jesus did, kept that commandment. And by keeping that commandment, he would have been elevated above the world. He would have been separated from the world. 
he would have experienced a sanctification. Amen. He said, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Why? Because he has profited with the mystery. With the mystery of the Father and with the mystery of God. Such a soul is a God. Such a soul, like it says in James chapter 1, it talked about how a soul would journey to a place where, let's see that James chapter 1, I think verse, verse 7 or 8, when he talked about blessed is he that endureth temptation. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Mm-hmm. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. This is, this is, these are souls who have, who have profited with the, with, the, with the economy of Christ. Knowing this, that the trying of faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. We know there's a patience in Christ, but we also know, according to Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 14, it talks about, you know, a patience in the kingdom. A patience when we are handling this word that will bring us into fullness. Let patience have her perfect work. This is how they furnish Christ. And of course, that cannot be without what Peter called the sufferings of Christ that will prepare Christ for glory. Amen. Let patience have her perfect work. This is this is talking to those who are who have who have who have who are being trained and who have been trained to glory in tribulation because they know the, the comfort that comes with such tribulations. Because what can what, because they've realized the only thing that can satisfy their soul is to live by that that good and perfect gifts or good and perfect lights which are the lights they used to furnish Christ, which are the lights they used to perfect Christ, which are the lights they, that, that will cause Christ to bear the works of the most holy, the works of God, good work, F- sorry, first works and last work, which of course we know is what will prepare a believer to overcome. That's Revelation chapter 2, talking about he that overcome it. It's talking about those who have come, who have done the works in Christ, which by God's grace is, is becoming a, a new norm, has become a new norm amongst many. Amen. And I've now entertained the commandments that has, that has and should give back to more of the works of God or the works or conversations of the most holy. The conversations of that light, that, of, of the new commandment that is now shining. And gradually prepare us to overcome, overcome. Of course, we know overcoming there to the churches is talking about overcoming, you know, uh, the last enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Overcoming by the, the, the judgments they've taken after they journeyed and come to a place of full age. To a place where they can now take the judgments from the word of God. And acquire the age of God. So by God's grace, we're not going to only have the age of Christ. Faith, hope, and charity, they are the measurements of the age of Christ. Hallelujah. But that's the legal ground that will enable us test for, desire to be fully furnished with the light that will see us judge good and evil or discern good and evil. The light, the, 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 the judgment, the enlightenment that 
will fully furnish Christ or bring Christ into fullness are the enlightenment that will see us like those churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 overcome. Say to him that overcometh. Those were the saints of the Son of God. Look at all the saints. This thing said the Son of God. This thing said, you know, uh, the first and the last. This thing said, you know, those were the saints that the Father comforted our Lord Jesus with. Especially in that last three and a half years. Those were the saints that furnished him to be a son of God. That brought him into fullness. Those were the saints that comforted his heart. Not just to sin not, but to love he that begat. And it was by the energy of that love, he was able to keep himself from the wicked one. It was by the energy of that love, like Reverend Gossamond was saying in the morning session, it was by the energy of that love that he was able to overcome the, 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 the reactions and the temptations that come from spiritual wickedness. Reverend says, they, they, they are the ones that can fully represent Satan. So, that was the same seed, that was the same word, that was the same comfort. That was what Paul kept while that messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. That was a spiritual wickedness. So, he was in the season where he was, he had overcome the, the rulers of the darkness of this world. He was in a season where by virtue of enduring that temptation, enduring the temptation to let go of the word, the word that the Lord was now using to perfect him as Christ. He, end, he was in a season of enduring it and by enduring it, they were, they, were, they were delivering him from what he shared in common with the present. They were delivering him from from, from like Revelation chapter 12 puts it, he says, they love not their lives. They were delivering Paul from an aspect of a love of his life. They were bringing him into that aspect of the full measure of his, of his priesthood. They were separating him from, you know, you know, they, you know it, was a, it was a high priestly dealing because, you know, spiritual, you know uh, angels like spiritual wickedness in high places, they are the one that can represent Satan. They are the one that they are the one that, um, you know, you know, they are the one that, you know, uh, will come useful to serve a purpose at a particular time when we have kept faith with the teachings, the commandments, the comfort that will bring us into fullness. And heaven knows how to customize the trials for, for such a season. Just like all for all of us, they customize our faith trials. Somebody can be living in Buckingham Palace and they will customize his own faith, hope, and charity, you know, trial. Somebody can be living in a village and they will customize it. In the same way for Paul, he got to a season where they, they found, you know, just like when, uh, you know, uh, you know that's, that, you know, when the devil came, you know, to tempt Paul in uh, Job chapter 1, you know, uh, he says in all these things, Job, sin not. But because Job had been exposed to something, they won't allow that temptation. If he had, if he had even been exposed to a word that he was now meant to hold, that was meant to keep him 
from the wicked one. And truly in a shadow, that word kept him. That word perfected the judgment you know, that he had had from, from the speakings of an allocation of a kind or a type of the word of God that came his way. And that's why he says in Job, Job 42, he says, he says, you know, he says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ears. He said, but now I see you. He was talking about how he now fetched the full comprehension, the full understanding that came from that trial, which for us is a, which for him was a type of spiritual wickedness, fully representing Satan. Trying to get us to let go of the word that will bring us into fullness. Hallelujah. I'm seeing this reality. Bible talks about in Romans chapter 15, talks about we through the comfort of scriptures. So Job is in the account of Job is to is to comfort us. If Job's life and dealings cannot comfort us, it's because most likely we have not come to that season, but we are going to come there. Because it's by coming there, we are also going to overcome those agents, high-ranking agents of corruption. That can fully represent Satan in that in that in that measure of like God someone put it, he talked about the corruption that comes from this world, which we escape by the provisions of faith, hope, and charity. He said, But there's a corruption that is in the God of this world, which the the meals of divine nature, those teachings of you know that those churches in Revelation chapter two and chapter three were exposed to, which is meant to prepare and immune us against. So we have all, all, all biblical characters. Bible says this, all these were written unto you, unto, you know, you know, those, these things were written unto you, unto whom the end of the age is come. We are going to see the end of everything the enemy represents. Why? Because of this word. When they are bringing this word, they are actually bringing the world and the God of this world to an end. Hallelujah. So by God's grace, we are the, 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 the light that is coming our way is coming so that we don't fall short where the Hebrew church fell short. They are feeding us against drawing back in such, for many, from drawing back in such a season. Like God someone put it, he talked about how it takes Christ to put on the whole armor of God. There are some measure of armors we can put on to overcome principalities, powers, you know, um, and rulers of the darkness of this world. But when we want to overcome, especially that spirit that can fully represent that, that can f- represent Satan in a very good degree, which has spiritual wickedness in high places, we will need the whole armor of God. And I remember Reverend once said, once said something. He said, all those armors, they are knowledge. All of them. Let's see that Reverend chapter Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 6. He said, they are all knowledge. And it's true. Because God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth concerning faith and the truth concerning love. Firstly, concerning faith and ultimately concerning love. Stand therefore having your loins got about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is a knowledge. Remember in Romans chapter 10 I read earlier, it talked about how they erred. Romans chapter 10 verse 1, talked about how they erred. You know, having not, verse 2, Romans 10 verse 2, it says they have a zeal not according to knowledge. Let's go back to Ephesians. So, 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 even, even verse 3 here, it says they're going about to establish their own righteousness, 
meaning what, what, what is fueling that righteousness is a knowledge. It's a revealed knowledge. Hallelujah. Firstly, from the holy place and ultimately for the most holy. Okay? Stand there for having your loins got about with truth is a knowledge. So for some of us that have some struggles around what is being said, it's because there is a knowledge around strong meat. It's a knowledge that will enable us to handle that representative of the wicked one. It's a knowledge that will deal with iniquity in us, the love of iniquity, the love of a life that is that is that, that can still be found outside the perimeter of God's love. Hallelujah. Amen. So let me round up by saying all those weapons that we are meant to put on that, and that we'll be putting on in this season, they are weapons that were that are going to come that are going to be communicated to us through knowledge. So meaning as what we are hearing now is to equip us. So in the season that we are in, some of us will qualify for temptation we didn't previously qualify. And in that season, they will, exp- they will expect you to hold this knowledge. Because the reaction that the enemy will bring is because of what you are now holding. Heaven wants to see, will you define these words as your life? Will you love, will you, will, will, you, still, will you still love anything else but this life? Remember to the Hebrew church, it says you, you have not yet resisted to the shedding of blood. So meaning, actually, when, when the enemy is tempting us, you know, in that way, it's because he still has his things. So is it that we let go of that word, or we let go of his things? So what we're meant to let go are his things. And when we finish letting go of his things, like it was said concerning our Lord Jesus, it will, it will be said concerning us. It will be said concerning you and concerning I. That the, that the God of this world, when he said the prince of this world, he was talking about the God of this world. He came in a different way from how he came at Jordan. He came with, 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 with a different, you know, you know he came, he came with, in that terrain of wickedness. But our Lord Jesus proved that man can love righteousness. Can love the righteousness of the most holy. Because all the courts are courts of different, you know, they are revealing different righteousness. But our Lord Jesus proved that you and I cannot just love the righteousness of faith, but we can love the righteousness of faith to a place where, like Paul did in Philippians chapter 4, we will be found of him not having a righteousness of ourselves, but that which is of Christ Jesus. And by that righteousness, you know, we'll be able to, we'll be able to, you know, put that excellent knowledge, which is, which is what we're hearing, what we had by God's grace, and what we're still going to hear from God's servants are things that border on the excellent knowledge, things that we communicate excellent strength for us to handle some spirits, for us to disown some things we share in common with spirits. Hallelujah. So, not only does the Lord want to save us from what found his way to, in, to Adam in Eden, which, which was sin. But by the time our Lord Jesus came, the Bible says, why were yet without strength? Sin has reigned. Corruption has reigned. Man had been weakened. Man will not just need the word of faith, but man will use the word of faith to a place where he can have a handshake with the incorruptible seed and live to a place where he abides with that seed. And then he will be given an opportunity to face those temptations where, you know, um, you know, the cloud of weakness in heaven, you know, we once again watch, you know, like they did in the days of the early apostles, you know, to see how we are going to hold that word and how we are going to resist to the shedding of blood. 
Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So please, I want us to expect more and more, more and more uh, light. This is, just, this is just the second day. Uh, started by God's grace yesterday. More light that will yet comfort our hearts. More light that will, that will see some things, you know, that, you know, some conversations, you know, that spring from sin and death cease to be mysteries. By God's grace, there are some conversations right now that have ceased to be mysterious to me. Why? Because either an allocation, mainly from the word of Christ, has become tangible. Hallelujah. So you can discern those thoughts from afar. In the same way, by God's grace, you know, the words that are coming our way, that has and, and we yet come away, are, are words that will see, you know, conversations that, <clears throat> conversations, you know, you know, that is coming you know, that has been inspired, you know, by that aspect of life that came after corruption reigned, which is death. The Lord will empower us in this season above death, and the Lord will give us the opportunity to witness again to spirits that man can bring the fullness of his life to our flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. It shall not be said concerning Abraham alone, but it shall be said concerning us that what shall what, 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 what shall we say Tyre has found as touching the flesh? Huh? Tyre is going to not just bring the word of life, the word of faith to his flesh. He's going to bring the word of God to his flesh and he's going to bring it fully. Hallelujah. And that's the beauty of this, of this team. The fullness of Christ. We all have an appointment to keep with the fullness of Christ in the days of our flesh. Hallelujah. That's the reason why God will be giving some of us long life. And for some of us, long life has even begun. Uh, for some, I'm not saying myself, for some, meaning some are in that season where they've profited with the word of Christ and they've started even living by the word, the incorruptible seed, and, you know, they, they, they will have enough time on their side, you know, to live out, to live and abide, to, you know, to bring the conversations of the Son of God, the conversations we saw in those last three and a half years when Satan came through men. Hallelujah. And the Lord will also help us to get it right. Like, the, that, like, like he got it right in Jesus' name. Can we just, can we just bow our heads in, in prayer? Let's just, I just want us to thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord for, because he has blessed us. He has blessed us to be able to hear these tidings. We are hearing things that border on, you know, the tidings of salvation in another way. They are painting things, pictures, with, you know, you know, with that, with that, you know, you know that, that provision of the hidden wisdom of God just to unearth this life and to, and to cause it you know, to become our vision, to, to help us to envision it, to help us to conceive it like some of us have conceived the word of Christ and has profited with it. By God's grace, some have come into preciousness and, 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 and the Lord is still waiting for, for some to come into the fullness of that preciousness so that he can hand over to them the seed, the word that will deal with death, that will fully separate them unto God. Unto the seasons where they will be able to hear what the Son of God is saying. The seasons where they will be able to process the instructions of the Son and come and beautify them with salvation in Zion. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you, Father, for counting this us worthy. Thank you for, indeed, this is the generation of Christ. 
Thank you for adoption into the world of Christ. And from that world, you are going to come and pick many stones. Thank you for none of us will be left behind. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.